0: We are just making the tea, and we're making the food for the culture. And the culture is what turns the regular tea into kombucha tea.
1: So the tea is really, is part of the food that you're yep. feeding to the scoby. Yep. Yes.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. You can say you're using, like, children from this five-year-old scoby or something.
0: They'd be very distant children Did, at this okay, point. Okay, okay. Yeah. They're relatives. But still the same <laughs> yeah. bloodline. Okay. okay. <laughs> that is so Cool. <laughs> I don't nice. even think you'd know it was garlic if you had. Okay. Most people it wouldn't know. Yeah. We do a nice Caesar dressing. You know, a lot of people oh, put nice. anchovies Rice. in the dressing, but the black garlic we feel like makes it a little oh. even more complex.
3: Certain things ferment differently. If we do our kombucha with coconut, we can only keep it for a very short time because that coconut ferments really fast and it starts taste, tasting like soap. It just brings out these different flavors.
1: So, we're back for another edition of the podcast. Welcome to Edible Economy. Pretty excited to be here today.
2: Welcome back.
1: Hi, Kim. Hi. <laughs> so, today we have Jenny and Mike from Happy Leaf and from
3: Happy Leaf Kombucha.
1: Happy Leaf Kombucha, sorry. Yeah. And from your restaurant, Happy is... Leaf
3: Tap Room and Kitchen.
1: Nice. Nice. nice.
3: Hi, guys.
1: And we're going to talk today about fermented food. we're going to hear all kinds of fun and good qualities that we get from fermented food. What it is. What a SCOBY is. Always a fun topic. Dinner topic, really. (laughs) Good (laughs) (laughs) conversation.
2: So we've known Jenny and Mike for over five years now um we met them first at farmers markets they brew the best kombucha you will ever have so make sure you go buy it happy leaf um but they're also really amazing business partners and an amazing couple and they're really fun to hang out with and i think you guys are going to like this so i want to start off with just how would you get into co- to fermenting foods? Maybe specifically kombucha, or maybe not. Maybe that wasn't the first. Yeah, um, I can. I mean, it's a pretty uh, interesting
3: start. I think Mike always had his like homemade beer on tap at our house, and I always wanted to have kombucha on tap at the house because I liked Mike's homemade beer so much that it's like we needed something healthy and available. Yeah. So he said he would do it if I if we made it. So I showed him how to make it. We made a big batch at home together. And I think with our knowledge of just, you know, being able to make something from scratch, from start to finish, um, we were able to do that. And then Mike obviously had all the setup for, like, putting it in kegs and making a bigger batch. And so we did that. We put it on tap at our house. And at the same time, I had my own business as a health coach, and I did, like, um, health and adventure retreats in the mountains so i had my own business going and mike had his own thing going doing events and like beer stuff
2: (laughs) in a good way (laughs) (laughs) and
3: um and so we kind of were already in this like entrepreneur like let's just do stuff and we really liked our kombucha so we decided let's offer it to people and see what happens and um so yeah it really did start with kombucha and That's
2: beer. cool. Because <laughs> I didn't know it actually started with beer and that you had all the equipment already. So that mm-hmm. is a nice way to transition.
0: Yeah, Jenny uh, Jenny taught me how to do it in the kitchen and I taught her how to do it a little bit bigger, more commercially. And yeah. uh, we did get it on tap at the house. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah. And then I think the first time we offered it was at um, just like a local food um I don't know how to explain it, but basically anybody who had a product that they wanted people to taste could go there. So we just printed out a logo real quick and, you know, came up with the name and we offered it and people were like, where do I find this? And we we're like, I'll tell you next week. Like, <laughs> I don't know. In you our know? Yeah, but people liked it. So that's when we were like, okay, let's try it. You know, and we thought it was going to be like this fun little hippie company where we could have like the winters off to go traveling and. You yeah, know markets, gone. yeah. <laughs> so Stay pretty busy in the winter <laughs> so. <laughs> but it was fun. It was a really cool transition from like just home to to seeing people's reactions to going, you know, further into that, and then then introducing the world of fermentation to a lot of people who had no idea what it was, which was shocking to us.
2: Yeah, so I think kombucha is probably the easiest way to get into fermented foods. Would you agree with that? Like that's usually people's first introduction to it.
0: I think that's one of the fun ones to get into, it, especially okay. if it's a hot summer day and sure. you're thirsty. Um but uh, there's a lot of foods out there that people don't even realize are fermented from coffee to chocolate, soy sauce, sauerkraut, kimchi. It's the the list goes on. Yeah. So
2: yeah, so amazing. I think
3: kombucha definitely evokes in people questions more than like sauerkraut does. People see sauerkraut and they're like, give me a hot dog. You know, kombucha, yeah, they're like, right. I don't get this word. Right. What is, you know, where did it come from? Why is it taste like this? And so I think it is more fun and it, it, and it does create a lot of um, questions.
2: I mean, I know fermented food's good. I know the probiotics are great for you. And as a mom, it's hard for me to like... Tell my son to eat a spoonful of sauerkraut every day, but I can give yeah. him kombucha and it's something he'd do it. <laughs> yeah, he'd do he might it. do it, but it's kombucha's <laughs> better. It tastes better. <laughs> yeah.
1: Our yeah. our son's favorite drink is Happy Leaf
3: kombucha. That's so. awesome. Yeah. So I've seen so many kids being raised on Happy Leaf from like you know when sure. they come to the market with their parents as a baby and then take yeah. their first sips, and then now they're five, you know, and older, and they just they know Happy Leaf. I
0: want it.
1: Kombucha. it's kind of a badge of honor I it's pretty just the way we've raised our our child i, I love when we we're around a group of people i'm like well tell them what's your favorite food <laughs> happy Leaf kombucha <laughs> it's awesome well people i yeah. love
3: it too at our restaurant i see you know parents open the doors and the kids run in going kombucha <laughs> I'm like just running to the front door like they're ready for it
1: tell us a little bit more about your restaurant where is it and and what's what's on the menu
3: Yeah, so the restaurant was kind of just a fun project for us. We uh, originally did it to just put kombucha on tap so people could fill up growlers to go, you know, because that's what we do at the farmer's markets. And, you know, they're like, well, farmer's markets are going to end. We need something. So we have five flavors on tap at the restaurant where people can come in and fill those growlers. But then we were like, why wouldn't we offer the other things that we do? You know, we love fermentation, and it's not just kombucha, it's food. So we ferment and we pickle all kinds of different foods at the restaurant from scratch, you know, organic and locally sourced. And we, the whole goal is to offer fermented foods to people and hopefully a non-scary way, you know, because a lot of people are like, great, I would like a bowl of kimchi. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's like if I put it on this taco and it's like incorporated in this, you know, and then people can um, enjoy it and talk about it and then not be afraid to eat it because it's really delicious, fermented foods. Um, and then you're eating something that makes you feel really good. So like everybody who leaves the restaurant, you don't leave feeling like, oh, I just had you know the most monster sandwich ever, and you feel sick. It's like your body is feeling good and energized. So that's what we do at the restaurant.
1: We went in, I don't know, a year, two years year ago, ago. Um, last year, whatever, we went in with my mom. My mom is probably the least adventurous eater that I know. If it's not, you know, with with butter, what are some other other cheese
2: and bread and
1: bread? Those are good things. And, and <laughs> chocolate.
3: All fermented things, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if
1: she doesn't have those all in a combination, she's usually, you know, she's not eating it very much. So yeah. we went in, we looked at the menu, and I think my mom just kind of looked around like, um. So where are we going to go eat afterwards? (laughs) (laughs) But then we convinced her to get some food. We ordered a
2: bunch of things just to try, you know, for samplers. And And it was my first
1: time, too. She couldn't stop talking. I think both
2: of you couldn't stop talking about how good that was and how surprised you were. And Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. That's why I say, like, you
3: know, the fermented foods, it evokes a lot of conversations because you're like, I don't know what this flavor is or how it got into this you know, something that you might think, you know, well, like cabbage or, you know, anything, or, you know, pickles, but you can ferment pickles instead of pickling them. And it just gives them this whole other world of flavor. And, but it creates a conversation and, you know, that's what we do at our booth for Happy Leaf is we talk to people about it. And now we have like a whole nother platform to talk to people and, right. you know, yeah. and we even have like jars of our pickles and stuff from the restaurant so people can take them home.
1: Nice, yeah, I
0: think, I think one of the fun parts now is the, that we've been talking to people over the five years that we've been doing the markets, and now we have our original customers educating. Their friends, yeah, and the it's customer who minds yeah. their best. lines. It's free so. market. Like how many <laughs> times have you done that? Yeah. You go,
3: somebody walks up, and there's a line. You're like, "Oh, I'll tell you what it is." Right. right. <laughs> you start telling them what kombucha is. Yeah. I watch people do that all day. You know, or they'll bring their families in and be like, "Oh, we should get the culture play, and I'll show you all about it." And they're like, "Great." That's so it sells cool. Sells itself.
1: Yeah, it's and fun. it is fun to just kind of sit back and with a huge smile. Yeah. Because you've got so many customers that have done it for so long, and they just sell yeah. it for you.
3: And that's why I say, you know, like your mom or even like you, Nate,
1: (laughs) just you. You just have to like
3: go in and try. Yeah. Um, Because then you'll have something new to talk about. Maybe you'll find things that you really don't like or things that you're like, okay, now I want to learn about this. And then you can come to like one of our classes and learn about how to make these things, which is really fun. too. I
1: didn't know you had classes.
3: Yeah, we do them once in a while, you know, free time. (laughs)
1: Nice. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll have to get you guys out to the farm to do a class out yeah, there. Yeah, so yes. we could do like sure. some
3: tempeh making or kimchi or sauerkrauts or fermented pickles. Any sort. Sampling. Sampling, <laughs> eating.
2: It's so, the most fun part. So fermenting is a form of preservation. What are other types of preservation besides um, fermenting?
3: So fermentation is
2: actually... Ancient, you
3: know, it's yeah. back in a long time ago when we didn't have refrigeration and we needed a way to survive through winters and such. So we would, you know, put a salt brine on our food to bring the pH down and safely preserve it or save it for the winter months mm-hmm. um, in a jar. Or sometimes they would, you know, hang it from the ceiling and let it dry out or smoke. Um, but that what it does is it just basically encapsulate encap- encapsulates that food. And keeps it in just like this safe environment that it can just stay and hang out. And it does change the flavor a little bit, but it also, all of a sudden you have this, what used to be a head of cabbage. And then now you have this living partially digested. So it's much easier to digest. Like if you've ever tried to eat just raw cabbage, it's like hurts your stomach, but then you eat sauerkraut and you're like feeling... Like a hundred bucks. Yeah. So it's already got all those, you
0: know, enzymes
3: and microbes. Yeah. Going. And so it preserves it. And then you eat it and you feel so much better. But you could also do smoking, you know, like smoking meats. Mm-hmm. And that preserves it as well.
2: Is canning. Canning. Like, how is canning different from From protein? Yeah.
0: So canning, you're essentially, you're trying to create a, a low pH environment. To prevent any harmful bacteria from growing. Okay. Um, and you're also trying to push, push the oxygen out and prevent it from getting into that product so it can stay shelf stable.
2: Okay. And yeah. then ferment- fermenting is kind of the opposite. You're getting the air to it? Fermenting,
0: you're, you're creating the environment to bring down the pH to where it's going to be safe. And with the canning, um, you normally have to start with the low pH or a hot temperature okay to, to kill any harmful bacteria in there
3: like oh, pickling okay. like for you know you would like throw a hot vinegar brine on some green beans right with salt in it and that right there is going to bring those green beans you know the ph down and then have it in that environment that liquid
2: okay. environment
3: mm-hmm. that's surrounding them and then you can seal it up and just it will just hang out there
2: okay
1: with with uh with pickling you know, making those, you've got a, so long that your jars are shelf stable, right? Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. So
1: when you're doing what, you know, when you're fermenting, what does that do for the life of, of products and do they get better? Is it like a wine that keeps getting better or does
0: it, does it go bad or how does it go bad? I, I think everything that you could ferment is a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, and it's not necessarily like it's bad, like it's gonna hurt you if you consume it. It just might not taste uh, as desirable as it as it once did. So over fermented really?
3: certain things ferment differently. Like okay. for instance, for kombucha, if we do a kombucha with coconut, like coconut flakes or raw coconut in it, it we can only keep it for a very short time because that coconut ferments like really fast and it starts t- it's tasting like soap and so it it just brings out these different flavors in the kombucha in the kombucha yeah and it would just Mm. it's you know and things like ginger man you could keep that on the shelf for you know five months and it'll taste just the same okay um so there's just certain ingredients that you use you know cabbages are really great to ferment because they only get better over time as far as like that sour delicious fermentation flavor um I don't know. Like yeah, e- are really even good then, I, I feel like
0: for us, it's been a lot of trial and error and just a lot of tasting. Um, you know, we yeah. would always use ourselves as guinea pigs before we would have <laughs> anybody <perfect>. else try, <laughs> of course. So um, it's been a fun process just tasting and trying different methods and processes.
1: Walk us through uh, a process, maybe one maybe making a a kombucha and then a new product that you're like hey you know i want to try to ferment this i don't know how it's going to turn out and then maybe one that you do all the time that's not pickles because a lot of people know how to do pickles or have eaten pickles so kind of walk us through what's what is that process what does it look like
3: you want to start with kombucha
0: yeah, I can, I can do the, the kombucha. You know, kombucha. And, and spend it's... special time on the SCOBY, Yeah, <laughs> Be yeah. very descriptive because people are just like...
3: hearing us. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be tangible. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: we'll put
1: a picture in the show
0: notes okay. for that, okay? Yeah, a real so good one. For kombucha, it's very simple if you really want to break it down. You know, we make a sweet tea. And they, then we will add a culture to it. It's um, the culture for kombucha is called a scoby, which means symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast. Oh, so um, it's an acronym. Yes. Yeah, know. and it uh, <laughs> it it looks it looks almost yeah. like look a jellyfish. So it uh, it lives on top of. Of the tank that you have it in, not all that different from vinegar production. You'll see the some some of the containers say with the mother, meaning it's still alive and and the culture is still in there. Okay. So essentially, we are just making the tea, and we're making the food for the culture, and the culture is what turns the regular tea into kombucha tea. Okay. And throughout that process, it's going to get a little bit more tart. You're going to get some citrus characters to it and it's not going to taste like tea at the end no. at all.
3: <laughs> so what happens too when you put the culture into the sweet tea, the fermentation starts because of the sugar. Well, mostly okay. because of the sugar, also it uses the tea, the caffeine and the minerals in the tea, but that culture was literally grown to ferment kombucha tea. So that culture like, you know, okay. it it will always make the best kombucha. You know, you can't take that same culture and expect to get vinegar. It's just not the makeups differently is is made up different. So you're you're adding this culture and then it starts uh, metabolizing the sugar. So during that, that is why you know when you ever read kombucha labels, all of them say sugar and then the sugar is like two grams and you're like how? What does that mean? And it means it's because we add sugar, but then the culture metabolizes okay. that sugar. So then you end you end up with the yeast and bacteria. So, so the
1: tea is really is part of the food. That you're yep. feeding to the SCOBY. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep.
3: Yep. So then you end up with kombucha, which is very low sugar because it's metabolized most of it, and you know That's bacteria cool. and yeast, which is really good for us, the good
2: stuff. And Do then you... when you drink it, it's super easy for you to metabolize as Because well. it's already so good been metabolized. Okay. Yeah.
3: So you're basically adding good bacteria and yeast to your gut that mm-hmm. is already made up of good bacteria and yeast, but you also have bad bacteria and sure. yeast, you know, because... We're not perfect like we all like to go and eat foods that it might not be so good for us that cheese and butter cheese <laughs> and butter, fried chicken, you know all those good <laughs> things. and what those things do is they feed bad bacteria. okay okay and that so you oh, need to make sure that you're always getting some sort of living food along with your You know maybe not so living food (laughs) all right
1: will you keep the scoby like um sourdough bread they keep the starter will you keep a scoby starter
3: yep okay Mm -hmm. yeah so you take a little bit from the last batch and go into the next batch
1: so where is that stored or does it just go directly into the next batch? It's a yeah. lock and key. Yeah, <laughs> special refrigerator for it. There's a trapdoor. Uh...
2: So do you have your original still? Like you can say you've, you you ha- you're using like children from this five year old Scobie or something?
0: They'd be very distant children do, at okay, this point. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. But yes. But they're relatives. But still the same <laughs> yeah. bloodline. Okay. okay. <laughs> that is yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah. And they're in the in the tank doing their thing, making kombucha as we speak right now. Yeah. So as it's...
3: long as we keep everything, you know, just perfect as far as environmentally for the scoby, it will just keep doing its thing and it will never die and we just keep on starting a new batch and, you know, moving it over and moving it over and then we always end up with a little extra which maybe you guys would be interested in for your farm. And then you have this SCOBY that you can feed to goats, you can feed to chickens, your animals, and you're giving your animals live probiotics. Or you can use it in your compost because it's like a living enzyme that you're just like adding to your compost that's really great so yes.
0: at the end of the day compost is fermentation it's as fermenting
3: yeah well. so
1: it's so. all instead of saying it's all politics you guys can just say it's all, it's ferment. all yeah. fermentation it's all fermentation that's the, what the, it all is. the, means. the microbes. <laughs> everything back to fermentation we're just fermenting right here in this
0: world today <laughs> all of us individually for, yeah that's what we are we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't <laughs> be alive beans. without the fermentation so <laughs> So yeah.
1: would we be the Scobies and the world is feeding us? No, we, can, we don't have to answer wow. that. <laughs> we this don't need to get into so philosophy. Cool. <laughs> but that so, was a good question. How about, uh, so go into another, another uh, product. Um,
3: you know, one thing that I love making in the restaurant is preserved lemons. Oh. Have you guys ever made those?
0: No, no
2: but, but my neighbor them. just
3: did, and I was just learning about that. So, yeah.
2: yeah, they're
0: so interesting. Oh,
3: they're so delicious. It's like a lemon on steroids when you taste it after it's been preserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a totally different type of um, fermentation, because all you're doing is literally rubbing these lemons with salt. And that's it, you know, and you're squeezing some of the juice out and packing them really, really tight. And, you, you know, you leave them for a long time, like months and months and let them just keep breaking down and cre- and then by the end you just have this like acidic sweet it's almost like a meyer lemon you know where it's like that extra flavor okay yeah. And then you
0: have yeah, it. Think like lemon meringue pie, like the best okay. lemon meringue pie And you keep the rind had. on.
2: Yes. The, rinds yeah, the rind tastes sweet. The
3: rind is edible then. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's really good. And so then you can use that for like salad dressings or oh, you nice. can slice yeah. it really thin and right. put it on
2: ice cream. You Anything
0: can... that there'd be lemon zest oh, on, this would be a step so above. Make it that much better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: So that, you like... just pack it in a jar. Yep. And with salt. You have to with like rub salt, it pretty rub well, kind of get it all. And then does it have to be covered in liquid? Yes. Just the lemon juice though? Well, the lemon juice covers it enough. The
3: lemon yeah, juice. And the salt will pull
0: out okay. the liquid too. It okay. You usually
3: like put some sort of weight on top to keep everything under to the keep liquid. keep
2: under the liquid.
3: Um and then yeah, seal it up. And, and just, then just leave it at it room sit. temperature. Okay, for months.
2: For months. <laughs> nice. Okay.
3: And it's amazing. And that's something you could make easily at home. You know, that's like a really easy start to yeah. like fermentation and then it's also easy to use. So you don't end up with this giant jar.
2: That that was that gets of us to you my next to question. <laughs> like, so this sounds amazing and now I want to do it, but is yeah. it gonna take up my whole tiny kitchen? Like no. how <laughs> with kombucha, I'll start there. Like how how much counter space? How like what
0: what I do mean, I have to do? It takes to up it? my kitchen.
2: But right. It doesn't have to take <laughs> up yours. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, it's most kombucha at home, people do it in just a gallon jar. Mm -hmm. um it's the same like gallon pickle jar that you may have seen uh
2: okay many places
0: yeah yeah and Um,
3: honestly you can do it anywhere in the house as long as it's a ventilated space you can put it anywhere you you, have it like behind your tv and just like wrap it
1: you Mm -hmm. do so you don't like put the top back on you undo the top with
3: kombucha you have just like a like a breathable Cheese,
0: cheese or cloth something, terracloth yeah. towel. Um, yeah, it needs to breathe. So. Okay.
3: Yeah, it uses oxygen. So, but you can do it anywhere. So it doesn't have to go in your kitchen.
2: <laughs> sure. Okay.
0: Yeah, just yeah. a um, you a, know, a warm next to Nate's side area. of the bed. Oh, right.
3: It's like, yeah, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> just breathing in comforter. Right? As long as I'm
1: getting the good in there, <laughs> <laughs> anyway possible.
3: Yeah. Um. So yeah. So there's that. I mean, and a lot of times you can create a little like shelf that you just have like four jars of something going. You okay. know, um, and then you can just keep rotating them out.
2: And just kind of start with maybe your favorite tea yep. flavor and mm-hmm. just try different things from there. And yeah, exactly. as, as yeah. long
0: as it's true tea. You don't true. want to use the sure. herbal teas or... Um,
2: there's pure there's Bergalot, green or black.
0: You don't want that in there. the The culture really wants pure tea. Okay. Yeah. So
3: like pure black tea yep. or green tea. Oh, okay. Kombucha loves black tea. Black. So we okay. love green tea. So, so we blend ours. Okay. So we like. Is this
1: blended? I'm yes, this is to, a blend.
3: Yeah, we have a we have a specific blend. Hibiscus, that we get. lemon, ginger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So. Preserved lemons. I want one more
1: that I think is really cool. One of the things that that Kimberly and I do, as you guys know, but we sell garlic and it's some of the most amazing garlic ever. Your guys'
3: garlic is so good. Thank you. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Everyone knows when they do the market, if I'm not there, to grab me some. Right. And we always make sure (laughs) that you get some. And we're like, (laughs) and I need some kombucha Yeah, Yeah, it's a good good symbiotic (laughs) thing we have.
1: But yeah. I, I think two or three uh, holiday seasons ago, I came down to, uh, to one of your all's locations, and you had some of our garlic that you had fermented, and yeah. it had turned black. 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 Yeah. And that is, <laughs> as, as, as bizarre as it sounds, you know, the first time you showed it to me, I'm like, whoa.
3: You're like me. Don't eat that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that is a delicacy. That's it's not easy to come by. Right. And
3: right, it's um, fermented garlic is incredible. And I will say that your guys's garlic, in particular, fermented, is really on over the top. Seriously, <laughs> like whenever we, you know, we always will get a braid and like immediately ferment it. Like awesome. Um, nice. I think because of the spiciness, you know. Um, so what happens is we ferment it. Um, in like an incubation incubation tank i use a okay. rice cooker <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that i keep on warm and then we put a little little cup of water in there and then just put all of the the bulbs in there just whole just like that oh, and close it don't, don't have anything. to peel nope, right. don't do anything whole. Okay. put it in that rice mix. cooker with a little water and okay. then um close the lid and keep it on warm for a month Okay, and that's it and what will happen is it turns slow cooking. Yeah, well, it's just like really well It's slowly breaking down, you know, and oh my gosh, it turns into like the most umami like Almost soy sauce like kind of thing, but not really how do you explain it?
0: I I feel like soy sauce is the closest comparable thing to it or like a Worcestershire sauce Okay like that so like complex but and very very deep in flavor. And still so,
1: is there good texture there as well?
3: It gets soft, like spreadable.
1: Oh, nice. Which
3: is also So it's really like roasted cool. garlic. Yes. Yeah. But That's just like cool. totally different in the flavor. And then it, and yeah. then it I make all kinds of too. stuff.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, That's the spice
3: good. goes away.
2: But I don't I it's so hard to explain. I don't even
0: think you'd know it was garlic if you hadn't seen okay. it. Most people wouldn't know. From. Yeah. Okay. So do you just squeeze <clears throat> out
2: the cloves then at that point mm-hmm. to get the garlic and yep. then what do you what's your favorite thing to do with it at the
3: restaurant?
0: Yeah, we do a, a nice uh, Caesar dressing with it, actually. You know, a lot of people oh, put nice. anchovies right. in the dressing, but the black garlic, we feel like, makes it a little <gasps> even more complex. So. Yeah. Nice. Our That's Caesar delicious. dressing is
2: Sounds really amazing. good.
3: And, you know, there's a couple secrets to the Caesar dressing, but black garlic is definitely one of them. That way you just make at the restaurant, and then you use it in that. You could use it in marinades for, like, pork and stuff. You know, um, mm-hmm. you can use it in so many ways. It's awesome.
1: I want to hear one more about the way you made it, but I want to hear about one that didn't work out well and why it didn't work out. You can choose which one you want to do. but
3: Fermented food or...
1: Yeah. Maybe it didn't taste right or you just... Yeah, there's so many. Which one do we talk about? Or when you ferment (laughs) them right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How about the greatest one that didn't work?
3: The greatest one. Or the one that didn't
1: work... Hmm, Oh, I know.
3: I know one. So, um, one time I made this big batch of carrots and I was trying to ferment them, but little do we, did I know at the time that carrots have a high pectin
0: content and
3: and I didn't know this. So, but either way, it was an experiment. I just had never fermented carrots before. So I was like, okay, I'm going to create the environment. I'm going to add some spices in there and I'm going to let them sit and check on them every day. And I come back, like, a week later, and they're, like, sitting in a jar of, like, slime. <laughs> well, it was the worst thing I could have ever expected. I'm going, what
0: like, happened straight hair gel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like rave, you know? Like hair
3: gel. And so I'm like, what did I do? Like, did some sort of bug get in here or something? And I just, I couldn't believe it. I didn't understand what had happened. And so... And I mean, they tasted horrible. I'm and... glad you still tasted it. Try... That is awesome. I had to taste <laughs> it. <drink. Yeah, laughs> like, I love you it. You can't not taste it. <laughs> but literally picking it up, it is just like coated. <laughs> it was oh. like gross. So that was a disaster. And it, I, I made like a five gallon, like huge thing of it. And it was, I'm like, whose dumpster are we going to put this <laughs> in? It's so gross. <laughs> like,
1: Have you made them since?
3: Nope. Nope. No, 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 No carrots? No fermented carrots? I just carrots? leave them alone.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> It are there carrots in
2: kimchi? There mm-hmm. are, oh, okay. like shredded, but not as small, much, not like whole like,
3: okay. carrots. Sure. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that maybe kimchi has like all the other things in it that help, help keep breaking everything down, but okay, it was just really yeah. bad. Oh.
1: So no rave hair gel in kimchi?
3: No, no. <laughs> That's
1: not really the texture we're going for. Yeah. So that was like
3: the biggest fail, I think. Because I was really excited about it. But you
1: learned a lot from it. Though, I did. Huh? And yeah. then we
3: started researching and we found out that carrots do have a lot of pectin. Oh, so it just
2: created like a gel. Gel. Right. That's yeah. what Sure.
3: Yeah. Like if you eat apples, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a devastating one or at least one of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you still tried it. So yeah. So that's interesting because so many people they think canning, preserving, fermentation, maybe botulism, scanning people you. away, yeah. but yeah. you're not you know. No so, it's not.
0: It's it's really all about controlling the environment where where your food is. So obviously you can't ever wash your hands enough, so be super surgical clean in, in that way uh-huh. but other than that you're, you're really controlling the environment keeping any uh, dust or fruit flies out of there anything okay. that could be harm and keep a low ph that's a big thing
2: okay. yeah
3: and i also think you know like i was saying before um like i think people they look at fermentation and think it's really scary as far as like how do you package it or how are you know why is this still good after so many months, you know, yeah. or what could yeah. happen? But it's also, you know, in our daily lives, we do things that could easily contaminate ourselves, you know, like sure. cook dinner <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> or put our dinner away in Tupperware and store it improperly. Like if we put the lid on and it's hot and it be, you know, it creates this environment and there's a little bug that got in there, you know, or bacteria yeah. that we didn't know about. We put the lid on and then all of a sudden you could get sick and you're like, but I ate that last night. So I think anything we do has the opportunity to make us ill. It's just about controlling it as much as we can. Where do you guys
1: learn? Obviously, it's not just through trial and error, but where yeah. have you learned proper food hygiene? I know you had talked about taking a, a class.
0: Yeah, I had to go to better process school. Um, just teaches you how to process uh, hot, hot canning things and vegetables and peaches and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I've got 16 years of experience in restaurants, so okay. I've dealt with that health helps. inspectors from <laughs> different yeah. states and different counties, and um, I feel like it's just a culmination of knowledge that you just take with you over, over time, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, Jenny's got a lot of uh, a lot of experience in the kitchen as well with that kind of stuff. So. Yeah,
3: you know, once those health inspectors come through, they'll yeah. drill you on everything, and, <laughs> and then it's good, because you should know these things, you know, and so... Um, And actually it's interesting too because the health inspectors will come through and say, why is that safe? And I've had the opportunity to work with a few where it's like, okay, let me show you (laughs) how it's safe and what we're doing And then you can tell me and we can work on it together Um, So it is always learning and just uh, for us It feels like common sense, you know, just like hey always wash your hands when you walk in the kitchen Don't touch your hair. Don't touch your face. You know when you're cooking and um yeah, it's those things you pick up along the way. It's like anything you practice often.
2: So you talked about health inspectors. And even though fermented foods has been around for 7,000-plus years and people have been doing it before refrigeration and it was the necessary thing to do, it's fermented foods are getting big now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's at the food shows. It's all over the place. But I don't think health inspectors have – a lot of knowledge about it so has that right. been a challenge getting like learn you said you yeah know, they're asking you <laughs> questions yeah. yeah
0: and you know at the end of the day it's it's their job to make sure everybody is is safe sure and um i think uh where we are in in denver with the population growing so fast and so many restaurants opening up you know the the health department needs to keep up with that so they've got new people coming in and um it's been a learning process for us and them along the way. I yeah. think we've we've both learned from each other,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, at the end of the day everybody wants it to be as safe as possible and we don't right. have a business if, uh, right. <laughs> if right, it's not. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. The goal is never to hurt anybody. You know, yeah. it's only to make our, <laughs> literally our products can make you, you know, live longer Better. and healthier and more vibrant, not the opposite. Yeah. So yeah, working with the health department is really important. And I think that um, creating a good like relationship so that we can build for future. Cause I know there's going to be a lot of fermentation, like, Young kids that grew up with it that are, you know, excited about it now is when they get yes. older. So hopefully we can build a platform that they can then not struggle so much as we have. Right. Um, so they, you know, they can kind of, they know what to do and how to do it. Talk about, you, you said that
1: you guys do some classes on it. Uh-huh. So I'm signing up. I'm taking a class. Tell me what, tell me what it's going to be like.
3: Cool. Yeah. What am so I going to do? We did one of our classes like uh, kimchi making. Oh, you nice. know, and we'll okay. talk about what is happening to these ingredients and why we're doing what we are doing to them, you know, salting them, pounding them and brining them overnight. And we'll talk about every step of the way and why we're doing it. And then, you know, of course, eat uh, you know, and, then, yeah. and they all taste different. So we can like taste this batch and that batch and you can decide, OK, do I want to have lots of ginger in mine or do I want to have you know, extra onion in mine. You can kind of make your own kimchi. Um, so then, yeah, so then we can make the kimchi together. And then after that, you know, you have your jar that you take home and you let it sit for a month. And uh, and then you get to taste your own, which is really fun. And then everyone comes in afterwards and they're like, do you want to taste mine? Oh, nice. <laughs> And yeah. I love that so much. It makes me really excited. <laughs> um, so those are really fun classes because it's really, it's just hands-on. It's like, if you want to learn something, just do it right so we yes. just kind of give the opportunity and like the safe environment to say this is what we should do and this is why and then ask questions perfect yeah so it's really fun
1: these classes are awesome i mean they sound awesome i want to do it i know You're i'm invited. definitely gonna yeah. do
2: it yes yeah
1: if if a person wants to sign up for your classes find out more about you guys buy some of this awesome kombucha tell us where where can people do that how can they find you
3: Yes, so many ways. Um, so first of all, you could always go to happyleafkombucha.com. There's a where to where to buy button oh, that nice. you can hit. Oh, nice um, That's updated <laughs> mostly. You know, obviously we're getting new new um, accounts and people are carrying our product more and more. Um, or you you can come to our restaurant in Edgewater. That's always the best. Where is that? <laughs> it's, awesome. it's in Edgewater at 25th and Fenton. So just up from Sloan's Lake, if you're familiar with that area.
1: And say the name again.
3: Happy Leaf Tap Room and Kitchen. All right. Yeah. So come in there, and we always have five flavors on tap that are rotating all the time. You can buy our cans, or you can fill up growlers, which is awesome. And then we do growler fills all summer long, obviously, at our Vada Farmer's Market. and yes. Different farmer's markets around. Um, you know, we try to hit every area uh, where you can fill up growlers and just have kombucha, uh, you know, for the week and then come back and get the your bottles filled the next week um where else can you find us
0: i think the markets is the most fun place because we get the freshest flavors and you can really get the seasonal feel for it so and you can get your garlic there too yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so important yeah so we'll be in longmont golden stapleton cherry creek parker yeah, and you I'm can sure find – you well. can, we always
3: make a post on Twitter, Our Happy Bata, Leaf. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Happy Leaf Bucha or, um, you know, Happy Leaf Kombucha on Instagram or Facebook. We always make posts and stuff where we're at. So you can come find us, which is fun. Great. Excellent. Yeah.
2: All right. Thanks, guys. And thanks, listeners, for signing into Edible Economy for another podcast. We're happy to have you. Please check out any uh, notes from this session online at edibleeconomy.com, as well as pictures of the four of us, including Mike and Jenny from the Block. Mm -hmm. That's her nickname. It is my nickname. It is. (laughs) We didn't even
0: bring that up once.
2: (laughs) Also, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And we're sponsored by Bromley Farm and Main Street Markets.
1: Yes, Main Street Markets being... Arvada Farmers Market and Westminster Farmers Market. Thanks for joining us again.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys.
3: Yeah, thank you so much
1: Cheers. for having us. It's a pleasure. It's
3: wonderful. Look forward to the next one.
0: All right.